Welcome once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. We're happy to have you here and listening to this week's show. Before we get going, I will remind everybody that as we go through today's information on the gold, silver, natural, fancy color diamond markets, we are experts in physical commodities. That is to say, our expertise lies in gold, silver, and natural fancy color diamonds. I will remind everybody that we will not be your financial planners or advisors, but as this show goes on, we will certainly highlight some of the incredible and fantastic opportunities that stand before you in the markets of gold, silver, and natural fancy color diamond. The number to get going, one eight seven seven eight silver or if you're listening at home and you have the chance to log on, Somewhere where you have the internet, it's guildhallwealth.com. That's a great website. And before we get going, Jeremy, I remind everybody that as we're taping this show on Thursday of this week, we are doing the real money show on the road. So the money speak, show. The money show. At yeah. The money show. Yeah. And uh, it is going to be at the Metro Toronto Convention Center Friday and Saturday. So if you're hearing this show today. Uh, at 1 o'clock. It is open until 6 this evening. Stop by and see us. We're at booth 304. We'd love to hear from anybody that wants to ask questions or to talk and find out more about owning gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. And Jeremy, the week that was, it's been an interesting week. It was a week in which we saw here late in the week, both gold and silver fight back from their lows of the week. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of buying happen this week. We actually had back orders, which we haven't had much of this year, but this is exciting because where one person has to wait for product, that's a signal to us that there's a ton of buying, meaning support coming into the market. So there are back orders on some gold products. Yeah, I had... A whole bunch of calls this week from clients saying, hey, are you running out of product? What's your inventory like? Uh, Because they're hearing from friends that usually go to a local uh, bullion person, a coin dealer or whatnot, that they're completely out of product. So this is typical. Uh, You would see that if the price of, of precious metals comes down, savvy buyers come into the market. They want to take advantage. They buy as much as they possibly can. So congratulations, by the way, to everyone who has been able to make acquisitions over the last couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I had about five calls of people saying, hey, what's your inventory like? Are you hearing shortages? Are you seeing shortages? And uh, for the first few calls, I was sitting there saying, no, I mean, we seem to have everything that we need. Uh, Definitely, if it's a very large order, we do have to order those. And it looks like delivery times are usual, a little over a week, I would say. But uh, within the last couple days, Darren, as we're taping the show on Thursday, yeah, it's definitely hit. We're we're uh, having difficulty managing the current supply of product that we have, and we know that, for example, uh, put an order through on 10-ounce Royal Canadian Mint bars, and instead of the usual four days to get delivery on that, it's been lengthened. Five to 15. It's not five. It is 15 or more at this point. So we, we see what the advantage is. We see what happens, the action-reaction. Market goes down in price people buy. And these people, they're not looking to sell if the price of silver moves up a dollar. And this week was a busy week, Jeremy. It was hundreds and hundreds of ounces of gold uh, sold through uh, the Guildhall uh, office. And it was, for most people, like you said, a really awesome opportunity to either stack a little more uh, or to create a new position because they had been waiting with a little bit of uncertainty. So in, in 
pointing out and highlighting that uncertainty. Again, I want to lean towards getting into an article here. Just and, before and, we get there, Darren, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I wanted to just say, just literally as I was leaving the office just now, I was having a conversation with a client who picked up some product. And he said that he knows a lot of people who are actually bringing their certificates back to banks and trying to get the physical redemption. Well, good luck with that. It doesn't go well most of the time. And we only speak from historical experience that we've had a number of clients. More recently, a gentleman tried to convert 120 ounce of certificates on paper into 120 ounces of gold and was unable to do so. They refused to take the order. What they did refused they say? To fill it. Gave them the dollar equivalent or keep the certificates for now. That's what they're doing in the comics too, right? They're saying, well, we don't want to give you delivery of the product, so we'll give you a coupon and some cash incentive and give you an exchange for physical. You go over to London and best of luck. All right. Well, John Rubino, friend of the show, author in the gold and silver space and uh, very fine analyst, wrote on Silver Doctors this week an article, among other sites as well, called the paper, gold, and silver markets are screaming short squeeze. John says there are two possible explanations for what is going on in the paper and gold silver markets, the paper, gold, and silver markets, and he says the following. Every once in a while, the trading action in a given market breaks through its historically normal boundaries and starts exploring new territory. This can mean one of two things. Either something fundamentally has changed, creating a new normal to which participants will have to adapt, or the extreme move is a temporary aberration that will eventually be corrected by an equally extreme snapback into the previous range or higher. I'm, I'm just wondering, one, just given our conversation here, Darren, I'm wondering if maybe part of the reason that the quote-unquote commercials um, are starting to go long in the in the futures market in the COMEX exchange could be because there's such a high demand for the actual physical that they're saying, look, you know, we can't keep keep shorting. Clearly, we're running into that wall where there's now buyers instead of sellers that, uh, you know, we should be positioning to the other side at this point. Well, it's exactly a good point to bring up, and it's exactly what this article is referring to. Oh, okay. It, it shows this- I'm on the same page as, as Nuriel. on the same page. We okay. posted this up to our LinkedIn group, folks. It may be on our newsletter for end of week, so if you don't already have a subscription, go over to the website and ask for a subscription to the Precious Metals newsletter, which is a weekly newsletter that comes out full of information on the markets we're discussing. He says in this article further, and I quote, the gold and silver futures markets are posing this kind of question right now with speculators who are usually net long going net short and commercial traders who you just mentioned, Jeremy, who are usually net short, meaning they want the price of the commodity to fall going net long. And now he includes a few tables and charts in this article, and they are interesting, and they do illustrate very eloquently where the change has occurred. He goes on to say that the same process happening in gold has now happened in silver, where the departure from the norm is even more extreme. In other words, the speculators are very short and the commercials are now very long. We had a historic moment last week on Friday of this past week, the perennially short J.P. Morgan, who has been shorting the silver market for a decade, ended their short position. We don't know who will pick that up, and we have expectations, guesses, estimations. But for the time being, folks, J.P. Morgan, who now has, if we, as we have discussed on this very show, 
a pocket full of silver, the tune, the the the, the kind of pocket that holds a hundred and forty plus million ounces worth. And if you can imagine that, it's a tremendous amount of silver. It is more than what the SLV started with back in 2005 when they jolted the markets back then. It's Hmm. more than the Hunt brothers had when they almost managed to corner the silver market in the late 70s. And this amounts to speculation that JP Morgan themselves, as you have just said, Jeremy, are setting themselves up for a major move higher in the price of silver. Yeah, there's also some speculation that they could be holding that for a particular customer as well. It's in, you know, we want to keep in mind Craig, Craig Humkey said this this week. He said, you know, all banks are commercials. This is with regard to the Comex, but not all commercials are banks. So commercial could be a very large entity as well. But this is all paper, and that doesn't matter. What matters is the actual physical commodity. And uh, you know, we've been having discussions with clients this week about the fact that you know, if you look at the London gold pool in the 60s, the idea was that the U.S. dollar was pegged. It was as good as gold. It was pegged to $35 an ounce. And the way the U.S. got around printing money and keeping the peg is they simply had their allies who were in the part of the pool, their partners, to push physical product out into the market. And eventually they, could, they couldn't... Uh, they couldn't repay on their debts with in terms of gold without having to because they pushed all of the gold out eventually you empty your safe and so they had to either revalue gold up to the fact that they'd been printing money and the dollar was worth that much less or they closed the window and they chose to close the window now here we are history doesn't quite repeat itself it rhymes and the London gold pool looks more like the COMEX, where they're using paper inventory instead of physical inventory. And we're in a position that Charles de Gaulle was in in the late 60s. Give me the gold. I want the lower valued product. I know what gold is worth. And I know that you're printing money and your money's worthless. So why would I want the worthless money? I want the real, th- I want the real money, right? I want the wealth that is international. It doesn't have the the face of George Washington on it. It's got the. It doesn't have a face. It is real wealth for thousands of years. Give me the gold, and that's what people are screaming right now. Give me the physical product. I want the physical silver. I want the physical gold. I don't want the certificate. I don't want the promissory note. I want the real thing in my pocket. Thank you very much. Well, listen. What does John Rubinu think? Is it that we're in a new norm? And these lower prices can be expected to last and, in fact, perhaps go lower? Or does he think that it's more than likely this is an aberration, which is going to lead to a tremendous bounce in price where both silver and gold will go higher? You're going to have to wait till the second segment to find out. But for those that want to get into the market, the number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver It's guildhallwealth.com is the website. There you can go online, folks. You can take a look at the product that you might want to start owning There is bars, there are coins, both in gold, silver, and other products as well, including platinum and palladium, which we also sell. And we are open to the idea of speaking with you. So calling that number will set up an appointment. It will allow you to request a free investor kit, and you might find out that storage could be a good option for you. That's another option that we offer at Guildhall. 
because let's face it, a thousand ounces of silver is about 65 pounds worth of metal. You'll need a wheelbarrow. When we come back, we're going to talk about an example with 5,000 ounces. We'll find out what John Rubino thinks, and we're going to talk a little more about registered accounts. We'll be highlighting that at the Money Show this weekend. If you're listening to this show on Saturday and you've still got time in your day to get out, head over to the Metro Toronto Convention Center. That's where the real the Money Show will be. And we'll be at The Money Show. And uh, we're booth 304. We'd love to hear from you. Love to shake hands and meet you. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you there. We'll have a lot more to come, Jeremy. And again, uh, you're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. This is Darren Long, your host. And with me again today, Jeremy Wiseman. Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Before we went to break, Jeremy, we actually discussed an article by John Rubino, and that's a mouthful for me, actually, so I'm not going to lie. I don't know why it is. But oh, I anyways, confused him with Nuriel earlier. Uh, but it might have so been. Maybe John. that's what it's I was John. thinking of. It's Got John. It. John R. wrote an article this week called The Paper Gold and Silver Markets Are Screaming Short Squeeze. Now, why do we bring this up? Well, in the first segment, we said he believes- What one is a of- short squeeze? Well, a short squeeze basically means that if somebody was expecting, if I short a market, and this again is not financial planning 101 or advice, but if I short a market, I'm expecting the underlying asset, whether it's a stock or in this case, gold or silver, I'm expecting it to go lower in price. And if right. I say I'm going long on that market, I'm expecting the price to rise. So, so in, long so means in, higher, short means lower. So in, in uh, like James Bond movies, the evildoer always wants to create a calamity and short whatever product is, right. is going to, they want to short the market because they know that it's going to be worthless and all of that type of stuff because they want to destroy. That's it. Got exactly. It. And in this same scenario, John points out in this article that there are two expected paths a market could take when the price falls. One, it's the new norm. It's where we're going to be working off of a creating a new base, meaning silver and gold might go lower, but they could stay in this range right now and stay there. That's the one idea. And he lays out the argument for that. And then he lays out the second one, which is this is an aberration that in fact, it's so extreme and would have to point to other underlying fundamentals changing uh, in order to support this, but that it's so extreme that the aberration is there will more than likely be a tremendous bounce in price the opposite direction. He says in this very article, which is more likely, the latter is more certainly likely because the commercial traders, the traditional commercial traders who have been net short in silver exist for business reasons. Gold and silver miners frequently sell their position forward using futures contracts to lock in a predictable price, and they place their orders through the banks that make up the bulk of commercial traders. As long as the miners continue to hedge, commercial traders will necessarily tend to be net short. Speculators, meanwhile, traditionally take the other side of this trade because every trade has to have a buyer and a seller, which means they have to be net long to make the market work. So at some point, the balance has to be restored. He's saying this is an aberration, folks, that in fact, the price is going much, much higher. The timing, he says, is anyone's guess, since the current market structure is virtually unprecedented. But he believes that it's more likely to happen in the near term than the long term. And when it happens, he says, it's likely to be via a short squeeze in which the speculators begin to close out their long positions and find that they have to buy into the market. 
We saw this happen in 2011. Jeremy, we were doing this very show around about the same time of year at a price of roughly $17 to $18 an ounce in the price of silver. We talked about the short squeeze and what it meant. We had seen some similar structures set up prior to that. And lo and behold, within six months, the price had jumped from $17, $18 an ounce all the way to $49. Is this the type of setup that's similar to back then? Well, some would argue it is, folks. It's not the new norm, however. Well, if you look at the other side of that, if you look at, well, what's the downside potential here? Last week, Darren, you brought to the table the fact that the average cost to bring silver out of the ground was $14. We're a little just trading, you know, 20, 30 cents over that. That's the average. So some mining companies can make a, a little, can make more. Um, they can mine it for less. And uh, there's a lot of companies that can't mine it for less than $14, which means right now they would be losing. So this hedging thing adds another uh, dynamic to the market. But, you know, I'm listening, talking, you talking about the, the comics and all of this. And I just think, I'm thinking to myself, you know, just because someone's in the paper market and they've got a lot of money, that doesn't mean they're smart. We've seen that happen a lot in this market where people go short and then they get, they get caught the wrong way. That's why our listeners go with the physical product because they're looking at the fundamentals in the market. And when you look at the fundamentals in the market, yeah, we have been here before. Darren, you mentioned we were here when the price was 17 and we rocketed up to $48 an ounce. We'd also saw it when in 2008 when the price of silver hit a low in the $8 range, $8.50. And what happened at that point is the dealers just raised their premiums on the product. So you couldn't really get it for $8.50. You were still paying $12, $14 an ounce. And I believe that that's exactly what would happen right now if the if the price of silver were to drop. You would see, A, products not available, period. Or B, if there is product, it's going to take some time. Or C, if there is product available, guess what? The dealers are going to charge whatever they want to charge. And believe me, they're not going to sit there saying, oh, okay, I'll, I'll either sell it at a loss at 850 or if I'm the only person in town who has it, you, yeah, I'm going to charge more than I'm going to charge what I think it's worth, which at least is $14. If you'd like to get some gold or silver into your portfolio or make an appointment to come see us at Guildhall, the number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver or venture over to guildhallwealth.com. There you'll find out some of the information that we've been showing and you'll be able to look into more of the different types of accounts that we have, whether it's a storage account, we call them depository accounts, whether it is allocated financing, whether you're using the concept of other people's money in order to enjoy and perhaps risk less of your own, whether it's just an outright purchase from our online e-store, all of that and much, much more over at guildhallwealth.com or by calling the number one eight seven seven eight silver Now, Jeremy, in talking about gold and silver, let's lay out the opportunity uh, that lies before us in some type of number terms that our listeners can understand. So with that in mind, we worked on a little something prior to coming to the show based on today's prices because we often get asked about opportunity cost. Yeah, because, you know, at at Guildhall, we're very transparent. We give our clients every single cost of doing business. You know, like when you go to get gas, you see the breakdown of everything, right? Um, But the idea is that we believe in transparency because that builds trust. And sometimes you might not be happy that things cost money. But look, we we all know that things are going to cost something. But it's interesting because I had a conversation the other day and the client was looking at our storage and he said, look, you know, if I hold silver for 10 years, it's going to cost me 12.5%. 
I said, well, what's, what's your management on, on the mutual funds you're holding? He said he didn't even know. Well, if the normal rate, which is probably around 1.75% or higher, if it's just 1.75%, uh, you're looking at 17.5% to hold a mutual fund for 10 years. So it's important that investors do their research. We want them to do their due diligence, but we have to talk about the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost of not getting involved in this market at these current levels is extreme. All right. So let's keep it simple. Let's take a look at an example of a purchase from this week. We had a client come in, take 5,000 ounces of silver. Now, from a cost perspective, Jeremy, that's going to run roughly, roughly close to about $100,000. Yeah. A round number, we'll say 100000 Now, we'll take what this client proposed as their timeline for holding, which was 10 years, Mm -hmm. and we'll apply what it is in cost to hold those ounces. Now, if you're putting them into a depository account or if you're putting them into a registered account like an RSP of some sort or a TFSA, now in a TFSA you wouldn't have room to do that, that's over the limit, but an account like that, a Lira or maybe a spousal RSP, whatever your choice is, here's the way this would line up. With silver at $14 and change, and assuming, as this client did, bought 100-ounce Royal Canadian Mint silver bars, very easy and uh, nice-to-keep bars, you would take 50 of those bars. It's 5,000 ounces, very simple, round number. It would cost you roughly $100,000. Now, if we look at that 10-year window, including the cost of commission on those ounces and including the entire cost of storage, we came up with a number of roughly 19.94%. Now that is the total carrying cost from day one at today's price. Please respect the fact that we don't know where the price of silver will be in 10 years. Carrying costs can increase because it's based on the value of the metal, but they wouldn't be that much different. So if we use this same example and you have $100,000 in the market, basically, that would mean that if silver went to a price of just $29, double what it is right now as a nice easy round way to see what would that $100,000 be worth? Well, it turns out that that $100,000 would be roughly a net value of $180,000. That is about an 80% return. And that's taking into consideration the cost of storage and the cost of doing business. Might be a little bit less, could be a little bit more. Maybe that client decides to do a bit of buying and selling in the 10 years and they improve their position. Either way, when you look at it from that perspective, you can't help but get so excited about the opportunity to buy here and now. Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, doing my own numbers on this, 5,000 ounces today in a registered account, uh, cost of doing business included, and uh, not looking at storage, but just looking where the price could go. You know, if the price of silver were to go to $135 an ounce, that client would be turning $101,000 because that's what it would cost in the, in the RSP. Um, you said it would be about $100,000. It is about $100,000, give, take, uh, uh, give or take $1,000. So at $135 an ounce, that's $675,000 worth of bullion. Now, $135 an ounce might sound crazy, but, you know, when you look at the community in precious metals, all of the research that's going into it, and you think about the people like 
um, Peter Schiff, Eric Sprott, Jim Rickards, um, Gregory Manorino. Uh, you know, we talked this this year with Nomi Prinz and Daniel DiMartino Booth, both who have acquired precious metals. They use it as a hedge. They believe there's nowhere else to hide when the banking system finally implodes. And, you know, when you run the numbers on the ratios, the gold-silver ratio, the gold-dow ratio, the gold-to-real to estate ratio, you say, oh, my gosh, Gold is so undervalued. Silver is even more undervalued. Where can this go? Listen, $135 today is not a big number when there's only a billion ounces of silver above ground and we're trading at 14 some odd change an ounce. So these numbers are real. They can happen. But if it only goes to $50 an ounce, Darren, that means give us 10 years Give the market 10 years to just get back to where it was in 2011, and that 100000 would be worth 250000 All right, Jeremy, let's stay on that topic because there's more to explore here. In terms of hearing numbers, I think listeners appreciate what they get, what the cost is, and what the end value could potentially be. So let's focus on that. We'll talk about that in a little bit more. We have some updates on the real estate market. Where Canada is standing currently as we come into this last quarter, soon to be last quarter of 2018, and uh, much, much more about where we're going to be, the Real Money Show this weekend. If you're listening to the show on Saturday and you have time, we'll be at the Metro Toronto Convention Centre up until 6 p.m. at the Real Money Show booth 304 and that's with Guildhall and all the people will be there. You get to meet us and we'd be happy to shake hands, answer questions about anything you have regarding gold, silver, natural, fancy, colored diamonds. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll do more numbers. We'll talk a little bit more about gold and silver and uh, we'll get people caught up to other markets. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back once again to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number to call one eight seven seven eight silver If you haven't already, folks, this is the opportunity where you get to call in, ask questions, find out more about the investment in gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds, which we have not spent too much time on this week, Jeremy, just because there's such an abundance of information floating around right now and such value in gold and silver. And before we went to the segment, we were mentioning the effects of opportunity cost. Well, as the argument goes with many investors, if I hold this, I can't live in it. I can't eat it. It doesn't really pay a dividend per se, Mm -hmm. like my other uh, stocks have. And we've talked about dividends, the goods and the bads. And I think that the argument can be made on both sides of that fence. But I think that when it comes to gold and silver, what a lot of new investors fail to do is take the time to sit down and actually visualize those opportunity costs in relation to what the potential gain is when they buy and own something like gold or silver. Now, again, folks, we're not your financial planners or advisors, but history has given us somewhat of a roadmap by which to judge what is coming. And if we look into the near future, Jeremy mentioned in the last segment the possibility of something like silver reaching over 100 an ounce. Well, imagine if you were a buyer back in 2002 or three when the price of silver was below $4 an ounce. Having said to that buyer, it's possible that in the next 10 years, we're going to see silver at $50 an ounce. Oh, I remember speaking to someone when the price of, so, price of gold was, I think, around 550 or something like that. And I was telling them, yeah, you know, the projections are that it could definitely get to over 1000 And he just waved me off. He, you know, just completely dismissed the idea of it. Um, I want to I want to uh, get back to something you were saying, Darren, about uh, new investors, because 
in terms of this idea of investment, we use the we use the term. It gets mixed up a little bit, but I just want to create the distinction that precious metals are money. They are a place to store wealth. They have zero counterparty risk, which means there's no contract between you and your product. There's no other there's no other entity on the other side that has some sort of percentage claim on the product that you own. It's your asset. But it is money, which means it's a store of wealth. Uh, there's a limited supply. It's divisible. Um, when you compare it to the other currencies, gold and silver can be a, can be a currency, but not all currencies can be money. And that means the final answer is that it has an inherent value and a store of wealth, which it's been for thousands and thousands of years. You throw a, a, a brick of gold into the ground and pull it out a thousand years later. It is the same gold. We forget this. Nothing don't we? has changed. So we, we forget this that it is something it, that's been around for thousands of years. We've taken it for granted. It is certainty in an uncertain world. Gold will be here when this civilization collapses. Okay? It's gone through many civilizations collapsing. It is still there. So when you look at the debts, you look at the submerging economies, the 50 trillion that they owe with the with the interest rates rising in US dollars, the 50 trillion US that they owe with the rising US dollar and their dollar tanking, you have to start saying, look, we are in a global world and yes, that is a backyard and things can happen quickly. So the idea of having physical bullion for the quote unquote investor, it's a hedge for the investor. But people have to start thinking about gold and silver, not as an investment per se, but as money. Now, if we think about it as money, and you know, we've talked a little bit about currencies, there's a cost to convert your currency into another currency, into another form of money, right? So if I want to go to the US, I got to pay an exchange rate. If I do it at the airport, it's going to cost a whole lot. If I go to the bank, a little less. If I go to a, an exchange uh, dealer, I get the best price. That's what we're like. We're the bullion dealer. You're going to get the best from us. So the idea is that it is money. It is a place to store wealth. But as you were mentioning, Darren, we were talking the numbers. Let's look at where where the value of gold and silver can go because right now they are undervalued. And markets go from undervalued to overvalued to normal value. And we think that the fundamentals in the market at play can push silver to over $135 an ounce. But even if we got to 50, if you invested 100,000 into your precious metals, you diversified your portfolio, you had 5,000 ounces of silver, at $50, it would be worth 250,000. And if you only acquired 1,000 ounces of silver, which would be around 20,000 uh, Canadian at $50 you would turn that into 50,000 at 135 obviously it would be worth 135,000 opportunity cost to not get in at the current value means you're looking for the momentum play we've seen that more people buy precious metals at much higher prices they need that momentum to feel that it, it is an inevitability, it's an eventuality, that seeing is believing, that until silver reaches $30 an ounce, it's going nowhere. You need to look at the fundamentals. The fundamentals gives you that knowledge, and knowledge is the power. You need to know where it's going. When we look at the numbers, we look at the, the names out there of everyone who's done the research, they're all saying this thing could be a triple digit. Gold could go to 17,000, we've heard. It could go to 10,000. Look, if it goes to 5,000, there's going to be a lot of people that make a lot of money owning gold. 
1-877-8-SILVER-GUILDHALLWEALTH.COM is the website to go to. And calling that number or using that website will get you a free investment package. It'll also get you on to the newsletter we release once a week, which is free of charge to you. It's our way of getting you excited and showing you a little bit about what the market is telling us on a week-to-week basis, getting updated on perhaps the diamond of the week, getting advanced notice of a diamond being available. And again, we haven't talked much about natural fancy colored diamonds, but we will have a lot to say over the coming weeks because... If you know or have been listening to the show, you'll realize and remember we've been discussing the Argyle Tender, which is ongoing. Bidding ends in October, and although results are never made public, what Argyle does do, and Rio Tinto is the public company there, they do make a statement saying where the per carat cost rank in uh, terms of their relationship to previous tenders and I don't, in my recent memory, have a recollection of any year uh, bouncing lower than the year before. In fact, the last, ever since we've been here, since our door's been open since 2002, every single tender has, in per carat price, been higher in the newest year. So I expect that to continue, folks. Pink diamonds are going through the roof. Small selection available at Guildhall, but very high quality. And uh, we will be spending probably quite a bit of time in the near future on natural fancy colored diamonds. Suffice to say, folks, by the time we do that, we could also be talking about different pricing now because this is the time of year where when we hear about these things, we have to adjust pricing accordingly in order to cover uh, the purchase of new stones for us. And that is part of what happens on a year-to-year basis. So all of that and more in that Precious Metals newsletter. And our website will have lots of information. The e-store is there for you to use. If you're looking just to stack on a monthly basis, maybe you can look into the monthly buying program that we have that can be automated or be manual. And uh, Jeremy, when we're getting back to this idea of where can silver and gold go and what is the opportunity cost, what is it that I have to lay out just to have that gold and silver, regardless of if if whether or not uh, the price goes higher. What is exciting about this is I find that people underestimate, as we've been saying, Mm -hmm. where the price is going. And I think that that's fair because most people think if they were to get 6 or 8% return on an investment, something they own, that's an exciting investment. That's a steady, consistent return. But there's more to it than that, folks. For the amount of time that you put into gold and silver, there is a tremendous opportunity lying right before your very eyes. You know, I like to show people what gold has been doing in multiple currencies. You look at gold right now in uh, Indian currency, Russian, uh, South African, Australia, it's almost near all-time highs. British pound, it's almost near all-time highs. Canadian dollar is actually maintained. It's pretty close to its all-time high. And, uh, you know, you're looking at the U.S. dollar version of gold. But if you look at gold in all currencies across the globe, you see that actually gold has been maintaining its value. Now, it hasn't skyrocketed. It's it's kind of just doing its, its basic job. And this is before you get people doing the pandemonium jumping in. We don't want people to be buying at the higher prices, Darren. That, that's the bottom line here. The opportunity cost is, you know, if you, you don't wait until after the, you know, your house burns down to get insurance. Um, you know, Noah built the ark before the rain. You have to be prepared. You And it, when you see 
prices like we're seeing right now, you have to take advantage. Because think about it in the RSP. If someone wants to transfer an RSP as an example, it could take two weeks, maybe even longer to get the funds transferred. We're in a market, Darren, you mentioned in 2010 through 11, where in basically 10 months, the price of silver moved from $17 to $48 an ounce. That means that means a, the opportunity cost could be $8 in silver by the time the, the first penny hits the, hits the market. So even though there's a cost to store the product at, you know, 1% a year, don't let that impede you from the from the money that can be made in this market in our opinion of course but it's not just our opinion we've we've rambled off 20 30 names over the years of those who believe this market's heading much much higher so when you think about this and put it into perspective you say yeah you know look you could leave the cash in the bank and get less than one percent for your money or you could at worst have to have a cost of doing business and there's a reason for that cost of doing business of just over one percent it's your product it's a physical commodity that has a value that's being secured and is being stored and fully insured backed by Lloyds of London. So you have every reason to get in the market at the lower price and you don't want to wait until the price has gone to 35 and 40 and 50. You know, our busiest month at Guildhall was April 2011 when the price was over $40 an ounce. I know that clients watch that market all the way up before they finally got the the courage or the intuition to jump into the market. We don't want intuition. We know the fundamentals. You've been listening to the show. You know the reasons to be getting involved in this market. Don't wait for that timeline. And if you're still unsure, give us a call. Let's set up a meeting. Let's talk about the market and learn more about this, this incredible opportunity. one silver is the number to call. Use that number often, folks. It will get you some information. You can go to the website. It's guildhallwealth.com. And that information can help you to make your decision about the type of product that might be right for you, whether it's gold, silver, a combination of both or natural fancy colored diamonds, you might want to put this package together with one of each of those types of products. We can help you out with that and much, much more. When we come back, Jeremy, we're going to talk about what a client submitted to me just before coming to the show, an article he read. He is a speculator and he has owned silver and gold since 2006. And uh, he had a lot to say about a particular topic that I want to share with our listeners when we come back. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long. I am with Guildhall Wealth Management. And to my side is Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Both of us are in office five days a week and many weekends, folks, and we enjoy what we do here on The Real Money Show, and we bring this to you, and you listen each week. We're very grateful. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom Please come by The Money Show at the Toronto Convention Centre this weekend. If you're listening to the show on Saturday, you'll still have a chance to get down here. We'll be there till 6 o'clock. And you can meet the guys, give us a handshake, get to know us, maybe pick up some information about what we offer. And uh, to those of you that did come by and are listening to this show, we thank you very much for stopping in and saying hi, making yourself known. It was a pleasure to uh, see you again and to meet those that are new. Now, Jeremy, in the last segment we mentioned before going to break that a client had touch base, as they often do, and they like to share information. One yeah, thing is One thing is true of clients that have been in the market a long time. This particular client, since 2006, has owned gold and silver, predominantly focused on silver right now. 
He's a speculator in real estate. And one thing that can be said of people that kind of spend a lot of time growing their knowledge about speculation in certain markets is that they like to share it. And and before we go forward, it's interesting because in the last segment, Darren, we were talking about knowledge. And a lot of the knowledge of of people in real estate, because remember a few weeks back, you were talking about your uh, the person that up at the cottage, and they were talking about how everyone is an expert in real estate, right? Exactly. Part of the reason that everyone is an expert in real estate is because they've gone through the motions. They've they've signed the papers with that real estate lawyer. They've contacted and made a contract with the uh, real estate agent. They've gone the back and forth. They've seen the different houses and and properties, blah, blah, blah. My point is, is that dipping a toe in the water in the precious metal market and putting some skin in the game is going to get you that much further along to being an expert. I noticed that in the crypto sphere, people put a toe in the water when Bitcoin was $15,000 a bit, whatever it is, because it's certainly not a coin. But why not dip a toe in the water in precious metals now and put the skin in the game, and then you're paying attention to it, right? Now you've got your eye on the prize. Now you're going to pay attention to these articles versus, you know, waiting till it's much, much higher. I, I just, I want to see people take advantage. So of course. anyway, so real estate experts. Mm-hmm. So this client sent this uh, article to me, and in the email he sent to me basically said, look, I've speculated in real estate for pretty much all of my mature life. Mm-hmm. Unlike those that have gone and, and gotten further educated or went to university and things like that, I learned from a very early age from my father that land ownership is one of the keys to becoming financially independent, wealthy. It's totally. risking owning land ownership. Near, far, wherever you can get your hands on it, uh, sooner or later they're going to build on it. Sooner or later it's going to be worth a lot of money. And if not, it's something you pass through generations. So, Do you agree with that? I, I, I do to a certain extent, but I certainly wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket okay. because not everybody can absorb loss like this individual can. Right. You don't want to have a property in the middle of nowhere that you have to wait a generation or two. years yeah. for value to increase, right? right? So he sends me this article from Huffington Post and it's entitled, Canada housing market among world's weakest as price growth hits nine-year low. And before I tell you what's in the contents of this article, he says to me, after posting the- That stung, by the way. After posting the title, it does sting. I understand why. After posting the title, he writes below it, right below the title, he says, I find this very odd to find on a major news site that- this type of headline would be running when we live in a day and age full of lies in the media. It's fake news is everywhere. Right. But if I hadn't experienced this firsthand and if I didn't have such a grand knowledge of speculative real estate, I would certainly have written into the Huffington Post already this morning and voiced my concern for putting such hogwash. But the truth is... Oh, that's fake news? The truth is, he said that the article is 100% true. Hmm. The article basically says that, for better or worse, 2018 seems to have marked a turning point in Canada's closely watched housing market. And here's one effect of that. We can no longer count ourselves among the countries with the world's hottest residential real estate. Now, while that might be good news for the many Toronto and Vancouver residents who are hoping for house prices to drop, it's bad news for those who have come to count on steady house price growth to boost their wealth or their ability to borrow Mm. more money. 
Canada tumbled to 37th place in the latest global ranking of housing markets from commercial real estate firm Knight Frank from fourth place in the same survey one year earlier. That places us firmly in the bottom half of 57 countries surveyed. Now, is this important? Well, the client ends up saying that if you read this article, it's not telling people stop investing in real estate because okay. it's it's a hallmark way to grow wealth and there always has to be winners and losers losers which means if real estate pulls back you'll have an opportunity to buy now how does this relate to gold and silver well what the client says is that through my years of buying with you Darren what i have tried to do is that as i assume there is a cycle changing whether it's a stock market cycle like it happened in 2008 9 or whether right now the real estate cycle is ending I have then gone into your market with you and I have added tremendous amounts of bullion as an offsetting way to protect the wealth I've earned. So he said he's giving advice to his friends, family members, and everybody that'll listen that now is that time. If you have one and you don't own that 100 acres of sprawling spread that can be built on in 30, 40 years, and you've only invested in one little house not too far from where you live because it was a great speculative play and you've made a ton of money. Your house has doubled in value in many cases. Now is the time to be thinking either I'm going to pay down my debt to nothing, own it outright and continue to rent it, or I'm going to sell it. I'm going to get out of this market, take the money that I made and put it into other markets as the cycle changes. And it gets back to the very point that you just made, Jeremy, which is that knowledge without action does not equal success. It's one thing to be knowledgeable. It's another to take that knowledge and act on it. That's where we get people that have made tons of money in other markets, whether it's stock markets or others, questioning, should I own gold and silver? I've been doing so well over here. Why would I all of a sudden change? That's a contrarian point of view. It's value investing. It's something you need to do. Yeah. I, you know, um, number one, I definitely have seen, or I would say, we're we're getting a lot less phone calls of people who are, well, you know, I looked at gold and silver, but I'm going to flip this property instead. Uh, I haven't run into someone who's been doing that for quite some time. But what we have run into, Darren, and I think you would agree, is there's definitely a trend of people who are saying, look, I, I'm out of real estate and I'm, I'm putting it into precious metals. Um, gold is a great place to put to put those profits and store them for several years or longer. I mean, it just depends on, on the, the position. But I'm always amazed at how there are people who can commit to buying even a 10-ounce bar a month because that's what they can afford to get into the market because they know how undervalued silver is versus someone who can't commit a larger sum because they haven't done the numbers, right? Or they're trying to commit too much. The idea is you're saving wealth in a precious metal. Do it on a regular basis. That's what we have the monthly buyers program for. That's what we have the e-store for. Um, you know, yesterday... We had a, a client come in, bought uh, 10 ounce bars for his kids. He does it every year. I said, that's fantastic. Do you listen to our show? Because, um, you know, my dad does the same thing. He said, no, I haven't heard the show. I just uh, Googled you guys. But same thing, this idea of just accumulating wealth with a hard asset. What an incredible idea. <laughs> like, why did, when did that become so novel? But simple. 
Right. Not difficult. Yeah, to understand that is to understand the very essence. Well, I do know where it comes from. Sorry to interrupt sure, you. You know where course, it comes no. from? It comes from the fact that uh, the Fed lowered interest rates so far that savers can't make money in the bank. And over the last 10 years, we've become acclimatized to taking risk. That's what's happened. It's a it's a whole generation of people who don't think that they could get a return by being conservative. Well, to end on a good, positive, solid note, another tremendous article and a reason to be buying silver, Steve St. Angelo, SRS Rock Report. got to get him back on the show. got to get him back on the show. Friend of the show and, and been talking to us off and on for many years. He's saying that the situation in the silver market is so much more favorable today than it went when it was trading at 20 at the peak in 2007 before 2008 and 2011. He says he'll go one step further and say that the current silver indicators are even better than when the silver price fell to $9 towards the end of 2008 when it started its rally up and eventually towards $49 an ounce. We'll bring that and much, much more to the table when we discuss this going forward, but Right now, Jeremy, if people have been listening to the show, let's get them into the market. Let's help them. one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. Whether you're buying it to take it home, which is an option for you to add or give to the children, whether you're putting it in depository, any of those various options, whether you want to use other people's money. If you are a person who wants to take less risk, let us show you how. You can use allocated financing. We are at the Real Money Show this weekend. If you're listening to the show, drop by our booth. It's 304 at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. We'd be happy to speak with you. And uh, there is a lot happening in the markets right now, folks. Protect yourself, educate yourself, and where possible, own good quality assets like gold and silver. You'll do yourself a favor. You'll add insurance, and the long term will look excellent. You have been listening to The Real Money Show. We're thankful you did and took the time to be with us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.